This talk was given by Michael Cheeson Brown at Zen Mountain Monastery. Cheeson is a senior lay student in the Mountains and Rivers Order. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you'd like to make a donation or find out more about our retreats and residency programs, visit our website at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Afternoon, that is. <laughs> Already made a mistake. My first was... I got the big incense that's supposed to be for Shugen. Um, and then I realized somebody thought that Shugen was going to give the talk, so that's his incense. Hopefully I can impart some wisdom like he does. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm a senior student, a lay student at this monastery. I've been here for a while. Um, I'm really glad to be here. I don't get to do as many sessions as I used to, especially full ones. Um, but uh, so it's it's nice to be with you all. A full, pretty full session. Last time I gave a talk, uh, it wasn't one where everybody had to be together, so I had about three people. <laughs> and now, no, it was more than three. But, um, so I'm really glad that uh, we can be here together in this place that I call, and other people call it, a uh, sanctuary of sanity and a sanctuary of refuge. Um, The same way, I see our bodies as a temple, um, a temple of the living spirit, which takes me to the uh, topic of this talk today. I've titled it, uh, Clear Spirit Breathes. Breath of our song. Um, These words come from a a prayer uh, of the Mohawk people who uh, I believe are from uh, upstate New York, maybe obviously from the Mohawk Valley of upstate. And it was translated into English by Gary Snyder. uh, And it's titled... Prayer of the Great Family. The poem is essentially expressing gratitude to the elements of the earth and as living beings. Each stanza was in itself a wonderful expression of gratitude. Uh, I was particularly inspired by uh, the stanza on gratitude to air. Gratitude to air, bearing the soaring swift and the silent owl at dawn. Breath of our song. I I get choked up with this pill. I don't know why. (laughs) Breath of our song, clear spirit breeze, and our minds so be it. Uh, Throughout the ages, uh, many Zen teachers speak of our practice as a practice of body, breath, and mind. Today, I'm just going to focus on breath, although, you know, they can't be separated, those three aspects. The importance of breath as a spirit is often cited in uh, lots of religions throughout the world. For example, uh, the Jewish name for God, Yahweh, was not spoken but breathed. Its correct pronunciation is an attempt to imitate the sound of inhalation and exhalation. We do that in every minute, so that one thing we do 
every moment of our lives is to speak the name of God. This makes Yahweh our first and last word as we enter and leave this world. In Christianity, uh, there's a trinity of uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, um, which I grew up hearing about since I grew up as a Catholic. Um, And they always said that that trinity represents the mystery of God. Nobody ever clarified that to me, but... (laughs) And I saw, you know, spirit and ghost as a ghost or as a, some kind of spirit. But uh, as I'll show you in a minute, the, um, and as, as mentioned here, the Jewish name for God, breath had a lot to do with uh, the ancients um, in all kinds of religions, Christianity, Jewish, and, Jew, um, and Jewish religion. Um, so I found another one, another site describes an intentional prayer. An intentional breath prayer is a simple way to drop our linear mind, to consciously enter into our spirit through our breath. It helps to park our mind while we engage our spirit. The word is with you, even in your mouth and in your heart. A breath prayer, a breath prayer begins in our heart and not in our head, or as the desert fathers and mothers might say, put your mind into your heart. Of course, in Zen, we might say, put your attention into your hara. And as many of you know who have practiced Qigong daily here, and maybe elsewhere too, um, that energy and that spirit is is the chi and it's it's what it's doing is allowing us to bring together our our body and our mind in in one action and to focus on that energy and to allow it to enliven our bodies and minds which uh, takes me to what uh, Shugen said yesterday and Shoham was talking about today, and that is to uh, see how we can enliven our bodies, our spirits, during this uh, session. Because as has happened to all of us, we often get sleepy, or hopefully not often, but we get sleepy and tired and we feel like we have low energy. So the breath is an important way, an important aspect of our zazen um, where we can bring that to life. But you know, it's not just uh, going through the motions it's really putting our intention, our vows, and our intentions to become aware of this world, um, to become aware of our, the presence within our being of, of this spirit. Um, and 
any, so I suggest anytime you can during this uh, week, and if you haven't done the Qigong, uh, go, go to that and see how that works for you. <clears throat> so in general, for the past few weeks, I've been researching the practice of breath and Zen and a few other spiritual traditions, as I've mentioned already. In most forms of Buddhism that we encounter, there's a special importance given to the breath, to employing the breath in our zazen and meditation practices. <clears throat> and there's, a, in general, there's an undeniable connection between the spiritual journal journey and our awareness within our breathing process. When I first came to uh, Zen Mount Monastery, I studied with uh, Dido, John Dido Lori, my original teacher and uh, the founder of this monastery, as you all probably know. Um, in his uh, instructions earlier on, and maybe, maybe we get this instruction today even, um, he emphasized the importance of breath in Zazen. Dido often described in detail how to follow the breath deeply through the cycling of the breath. And he would actually go through it with us. And sometimes he even uh, didn't encourage us. (laughs) During sessions, he would have us chant the word mu from the koan mu um, aloud for a whole period of of Zen in here. Um, of Zazen. So he would just, in his loud, booming voice, start with and we would all join in. So we're all chanting in one breath. Then when we're done, take another breath. His voice was incredible. I can't, you know, can't do that, but had a, uh, was able to really make that one penetrating sound, breath, all combined in one. And uh, I don't know what to say about it, but it was it was pretty good. Um, he also really emphasized. Um, how we use the breath in our chanting, and not just to say the words, but to incorporate our words, our breath, and the sound that we're emitting as, as one entity, and wholeheartedly breathe, wholeheartedly say those words, wholeheartedly harmonize with the rest of the sangha. Um, and when I do this, uh, as the session progresses, it seems that I'm more and more able to get in touch with the sangha, with the sound of, of all of us together. Um, Dido's teacher, uh, Maizumi Roshi, um, had some things to say about breathing 
he, um, what was it called? He wrote an article called What We Are Ignoring About Breathing, in which he goes into detail on, I mean, you should read it. I'm not going to read that whole thing, obviously. But if you get a chance, it's on uh, the Lion's Roar. If you just look up breath in the search on Lion's Roar, you can find this whole article. But um, He talks a lot about breathing and how you do it and, and actually brings in the notion of chi, like from Qi Kong. Um, he brings that notion into uh, his discussion. He, and he, he says at one point, when you breathe from your lungs, the breath is very short because you're not using the full capacity of your lungs, perhaps only 15 or 20 percent. <clears throat> I lost something. I need number four. Here it is. When you breathe, let the entire body breathe, and you'll notice a big difference in how you feel. In order to make the chi flow easily, your body must be relaxed. Energy simply won't flow through a tense body. So relax your body, starting at the end of the spine. Spinal column, let the chi flow up, your, up the spine. There are, there are practice in, practices, sort of. I mean, I only know what I read and what Dido taught me, but he always emphasized in the breathing a couple things, actually. One thing was that breathe fully and sort of softly but deeply. Allow your belly sort of to expand as you breathe in, like he would always describe it as a baby. How a baby breathes naturally like that, letting it go in. So you're not forcing anything. You're sort of letting it naturally happen. Um, so breathing in naturally, letting the abdomen expand, and then breathing out. And little by little, ex- extending the time for each breath, extending it, extending it. Um, and sometimes you can extend it to you know, 20, 30 seconds every. Not that you're trying this. Don't make it into something. Let, you know, sort of let it happen naturally. Um, and, and sometimes you'll find that the breath really slows down and there seems to be a rush of energy into your body, um, which sounds very spiritual, which in a sense it is, but it's also biological. Um, so I have to talk about the biology of it, since I was a biology teacher for a number of years. Um, so what, you know, what is the science of breathing and how do we get the energy from it? Um, well, you probably know this from Bio 101, right? <laughs> but I'll go over it again anyway. Um, as we know, air is full of oxygen, whatever, 10, 20, probably 20% oxygen. So as we breathe in, the oxygen is taken into our body, and we have all this, our blood is full of carbohydrates and sugars and uh, fats and so on. 
uh, those have to be broken down, and they're not going to be broken down unless we have oxygen. So the energy we're getting is that, you know, it's, it's not like some myth or anything. We're getting energy from the food, and it goes into our cells and creates all kinds of things. I mean, this breath, this, this, this voice, this sound comes from that energy um, that we're expelling along with the sound. Sound energy that you're hearing is produced by the energy of food that we eat. And it's more than, you know, it's the thinking energy. It's more than just moving, listening. It's, it's more than any of that. It's also our mind. Our mind is that energy. Um, so the mind being great, not a small thing, it's not like one little thing. As you all know, I mean, if, if you know any Buddhist psychology, they talk about the consciousnesses of, of the human being. You know, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. And then there's uh, the ego consciousness, uh, and then there's Alaya, the uh, storehouse consciousness. So all these consciousnesses are fed and run by the energy in our body. So the breathing process, if we stay with it and we give it attention, will naturally bring about creation of what we at this monastery will often call key. Key. So at the end of the session, uh, the monitors will probably tell you to use your key, which is use your concentration in a sense. The concentration that you've developed throughout the bre- just living and uh, breathing and doing zazen, it just naturally develops in you. So when you get near the end of session, uh, hopefully you'll notice it. Uh, Getting back to some of the uh, history of the breath in in Buddhism, I'll go all the way back to the Buddha. I mean, I don't know how many of you have read um, his discourse, I can remember the exact, his discourse in the full awareness of breathing, in which he, uh, first he's talking to all his disciples. I mean, if you've read, you know, the Buddha's words, it's, it's very long and wordy. But he gets down to the actual discourse at one point where um, he goes through uh, 12, about 12 steps in which he starts with uh, breathing in, I am aware of breathing in. Breathing out, I am aware of breathing out. Breathing in, I'm aware of a short breath. Breathing out, I am aware of a long, short breath. Um, It goes on to being aware of the body. Then being aware of thoughts, being aware of the mind, being aware of 
concentration of the mind. And I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things. It's pretty good. It sort of takes you along a path of just focusing on the breath and then getting in touch with the sort of the parts of the mind. You know, parts in our in our way of talking about, and they're not really parts of the mind, but there are tendencies of the mind and different uh, um, aspects of the mind. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, also has lots of things to say about mindfulness of breath. Uh, talks about mindful breathing. And he uses some of the same things that the Buddha used in terms of breathing in, I am aware. But he, I'm pretty sure one of the things he says is, breathing in, I'm aware of Buddha. Breathing out, I'm aware of Buddha. And he goes on from there. So for me personally, over my years of practice, breathing has become more and more important and... Yeah, I'd be dead if it was. Um, in terms of uh, Zen practice and just being aware of everyday life, of you know, being able to bring your breath into some of the things you do daily. Uh, and in doing that, it's a, it's a kind of a simple way of uh, becoming more present. Um, Pema Chodron had this little suggestion for her, stu- her students in terms of uh, being present, um, and bringing yourself back, actually, from being lost, not just being present. Um, I've changed it a little to include breath in there, but anyway. So it would go something like, you notice, you notice that you're lost. You notice that you're creating some kind of story, and you would just say, to yourself, obviously, uh, be totally present. Find your breath and meet the next moment without an agenda. So that's be totally present. Find your breath, center yourself in your breath, and then meet, meet the next moment with no agenda. There's, there's a lot to be said uh, about breath in the, in the uh, Tibetan tradition. And I have a few comments here from this, I guess it's from a guy named Galen Ferguson. In Tantra, breath is an expression of the intimate connection we all have with the vastness of the sacred world. The simplicity of attending to the breath in the present moment is part of being mindful of the body, of synchronizing our mind and body together. Of synchronizing our mind and body all together. After all, it's the body's breathing we mindfully attend to moment by moment. As a late Tibetan meditation master, Trumpa Rinpoche explains, 
One has to become aware of the present moment through such means. This is based on developing the knowledge of nowness, for each breath is used as a medium for developing loving kindness and compassion, for awakening the caring heart. According to classical instructions for training in this sending and taking meditation practice, I don't think I read that right. According to the classical instructions for training in the sending and taking meditation practice called Tonglin, sending and taking should be practiced alternately. These These should ride on the breath, sending out wisdom with the out-breath and taking infusion with the in-breath are the, end, are the essence of this brave practice. That practice he's referring to is, is known as relative bodhicitta. Uh, in the book uh, Training in Compassion, Zen Training in Compassion by uh, Norman Fisher, he speaks about the, the two different types of bodhicitta. I think typically in Zen, we're practicing, in the Zendo, during Zazen, practicing what's, what's, called, what's known as uh, absolute bodhicitta, which is no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. The entire Heart Sutra, I guess, would be absolute bodhicitta. The relative bodhicitta is... Uh, more what we practice in our, our daily lives here. Um, we should practice everywhere. Um, seeing the pain of others, saving all sentient beings. Our, uh, you know, our vows suggest that, that that's what this is about, saving all sentient beings. That's the relative world of, bodhi, of practicing bodhicitta. Um, and Pema Chodron and uh, Norman Fisher are two of my favorite Tibetan present living <laughs> Tibetan teachers. Um, Pema teaches this widely. I've actually listened to her uh, some of her guided meditation just to see what she was like, and uh, it's 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 pretty powerful. Um, but let me go down here to what Nor- how Norman Fisher described the process. He describes the par- process as sending and receiving. Start breathing in the openness of mind that you can feel in the clarity and strength of the inhale. And then exhale, letting go completely and merging with openness of mind so that there is nothing else present but that. That sounds a lot, a lot like absolute bodhicitta, doesn't it? So I think he, he's starting with that, a breath process, and, we're, and Pema Chodron describes this too, uh, breathing in and breathing out, letting out the breath to the sky. She sort of describes it as letting the breath and anything with the breath, any thoughts, anything that comes up, let it all go with the breath exhaling. So that's... Uh, not foreign to any of us, I'm sure. But then, um, the next part of this process of sending and receiving is when um, we start the practice of inhaling, 
the pain of someone we love. I mean, it's, it's a long process. You start with someone you love, someone you know, someone you don't like. <laughs> That's hard, because I've tried it. Uh, so let me just go with someone you love, someone you like. So you breathe in the pain of that person. Then you breathe out healing light. So you sort of, now that you're sort of in the world of the absolute bodhicitta, you're picking up the compassion. You're working on the compassion in the relative world, sending sort of this healing light. Uh, just like in the Metta Sutra, the part of the Metta Sutra that talks about uh, about, well, I might have to recite some of this to myself to remember exactly what is said there. Um, The second part of it goes like, uh, let all beings be at ease. Let Let none despise another or hate anybody in any state. Let not an anger or ill will wish harm upon another. And as a mother, just as a mother protects with her life, her child. Her only child. So with a boundless heart. Cherish all beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world. Uh, Going upward to the sky and downward to the earth. Sounds like relative bodhicitta to me. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess just by reciting that prayer, uh, that sutra for us, uh, we are we are we are doing that sending and receiving. In this case, just sending. So, hopefully. We will, you will, we all will, I will. Take our breath and use it. I mean, it's our life, it's our spirit, it's our being. I mean, what else is keeping us going? And it's very powerful. So... May your lives go well. Thanks for listening. 
You can find more Dharma Talks, interviews, and events at zmm.org media. While online, please check out the Jizo Project, our multifaceted initiative to make Zen Mountain Monastery more accessible and welcoming to all. Learn about the new Jizo House building and accessibility enhancements to existing facilities that are just two aspects to this exciting endeavor. Find out more and see how you can get involved at zmm.org slash Project. That's J-I-Z-O-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.